morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, well, it is um, it's a privilege to be here. And uh, first of all, I just want to thank you, Tristan and uh, Nico and the rest of the SDNL team who have invited me to come here. So uh, yeah, my name is Eunice, as you know. And um, have you been to Indonesia? How many of you have been to Indonesia? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Which part of Indonesia have you been? <laughs> that will be my next question. Have you been to Sumatra? Bali? Okay. <laughs> I think I got the answer. Like most of you have been to uh, Bali, but Indonesia is such a big country, and uh, we got about 13,000, no, or more, or more than 13,000. Uh, islands in Indonesia, and uh, there are so many languages that the people in Indonesia speak. So my <coughs> understanding of our eight languages is nothing compared to the number of languages available uh, in Indonesia. So I'm uh, I was born and raised in Indonesia, but I did a bit of my work and then my study overseas, and um, yeah, that's actually quite interesting because it actually helps me to understand a different thing. Um, it's like a, from the West and from the East. And I'm trying to understand and uh, make sense of the work that I'm doing uh, in service design. So like uh, in, uh, in UX Indonesia, like uh, we are helping companies like uh, to build uh, uh, their products, develop their products, but also services. So I'll tell you a little bit later like uh, why I came to the service design. And uh, before that, I also like uh, why I'm so active here. Like uh, someone said, like uh, I uh, have. Uh, do you sleep? Yes, I sleep. Yes. <laughs> uh, but like sometimes I'm confused. Where, which part of world I'm in? Uh, but I'm. I, I really like. Uh, I used to be an academic, but then like um, uh, then I moved into industry. But I never actually really left academic. I do a lot of research still, a lot of social impact research, and also doing a lot of um, uh, growing awareness. It's non-commercial thing, like uh, helping people really to understand what design is. Like uh, the first keynote speaker, like uh, saying that, uh, well, there's sometimes like a lot of uh, a lot of time people say, well, um, I know about design, but what kind of design do you know? And I feel that. Uh, it is my responsibility, especially when talking about Indonesia or Southeast Asia country, like uh, to grow awareness, to really, um, really help people to understand what design is, like uh, how we can apply design in the work that we are doing. So my service design, today I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to have all these uh, theories and everything. I'm telling a story of what my journey, how I become like a, uh, UX designer, customer experience designer, service designer, whatever it is like you call. Like I don't really name it, I, I don't really have a real title on that one. So I did my service design work back in Denmark in 2003. So how did I do that? So when I was in Denmark, I was so interested because like uh, I was a student and I was so interested to understand how people go shopping, how we can enhance the, uh, the experience of doing the shopping. So I did an ethnography in, uh, in the retail industry. 
But what happened, like when I said to my uh, colleagues and then everybody in the group saying, are you really, you're really wasting of your time. What kind of product are you aiming to get out from this process of designing? It's like, a, this is not design, this is not user-centered design. So uh, this is about like a transaction of buying milk and, you know, bread. But I said, well, there is something on that one. And then we have to find out. Like, uh, how can you make people happy in the supermarket? And when they come to the supermarket, and then it's like, a, okay, well, I enjoy my experience. Well, that's the basic everyday life that you do. I said, no, I, I consistently uh, said, okay, well, I, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do the research on that one, and then see how it goes. It took them for some people to understand. So I did my study, and then in, the interesting, actually, like the people who love me most, like at that time, they actually, after I left the organization, they actually doing really proper design on the supermarket. So I, I thought I was not wrong. But the thing is, like, uh, what happened is, like, uh, after I did uh, this uh, research in the supermarket, I found out that there was a project in Rheinberg, Germany, in 2003. You probably have, uh, you probably remember. There is a future store in Germany where they are using the RFID technology. So basically, they are trial out like a different kind of technology and use that uh, to develop, say, for example, smart trolley, smart shelf, uh, smart scaling, everything with smart. Uh, and it's like, well, that's interesting. Like, uh, even though this is like a uh, driven mainly by the technology, and uh, we'll see like uh, how people react on that one. So many people were just so, ooh, why do you make things so difficult? Like we can just take things and then look at the, the apple and why do you have to put it under the camera? At that time, like uh, you probably remember like a uh, digital camera was not really common at that time. And I was like, uh, oh, why do people have to remind me what to buy? I can just use the paper. And then does it have to be on, on my mobile phone? So it's a lot of uh, like a controversy like uh, going on on this space. So like uh, finally my, my school said, well, you can't do a research on that, especially because I managed to get uh, uh, support and funding from the IBM, who actually like one of the uh, partners in this project. So when I did that, I did a comparison study between Germany and Denmark in the retail industry. I see like an island, like a, how people actually come to the supermarket, like what time they come, and then what kind of behavior like of the people in the supermarket, which way they go, and what kind of interaction of the people at the back and in the supermarket. Like how does the good books from, they come from the truck and they come into the, um, you know, like from the truck and then go to the back, back storage and then back storage go to another place. That was all super interesting. And especially to see that there are a lot of people, like a lot of shoppers from different ages, like they have a lot of journey even before they come to the supermarket and they come to the supermarket, a lot of decisions they make, even though they just come to, to the supermarket. So I'll just give you an example. Like there is a, an old lady, and actually the plan was actually, he has a plan. He comes to the supermarket every day before five o'clock. And then, uh, like, uh, what, why? 
Because before five o'clock, that's when the time when you got the, all the price cheaper. After five o'clock, they raise the price. Why? Because you are going to be the one who buy, and you got a lot of money. But before that, there are the pensioners who come to the shop to, to the store, and it's like a, this lady actually like a, well, just like a, come to the supermarket and then drink something like a, maybe buy a box of milk or something like that, and it's like a, then you come back and it's like, well, this is rotten. Well, I don't really like this one. Can I return this one? Like a look, this is um, you know, like a she bought something that is almost expired, you know, like and then come the next day, she take a little bit, and then it's like a, okay, well it is almost expired. So all kind of behavior that actually costs a lot of, you know, like a within the amount of time when they sell things cheap, like there are a lot of people like that. This is just one example. So a lot of her experience, like when I did my first very first service design in 2003-2004. So it's like a learning how people are actually looking, oh, this is like a, where actually people buy most of the things. And this is not, this is here, and this is like a different level of uh, uh, buying. And it's like a, how it actually affects what is happening in the economic side of the supermarket. And it's like, a, for example, the rail stuff, like, um, Okay, the most important one is in the middle. And then it's like a, what is like a, uh, so they, they arrange the architecture of the environment. So it was really interesting. And it's like a, I was so busy like a doing all this stuff. And there's like a, this one of the unpublished things that I have done. It's like a, how we reposition user-centered design, uh, user experience in the retail industry. Because people think when they talk about UX, UCD, they only talk about interface. And that's not true. At the end of the day, like when we talk about uh, either it's a product or either it is a service, at the end of the day, what do we want the user to have? It's a good experience, a good user experience. So it's like an embedded, intertwined activities. And that was something that I learned a lot. I did not get a lot of acceptance from the people around me, but then I, like, I move forward, I believe what I do, I got data to, to support me, and that's what I, until now, like, a, that's what I, that's what I do. Like, a, this is my company logo, actually. And <laughs> I got a unicorn, I believe in unicorn. I believe in something that, uh, you know, like, a, why do that? Because I believe something when people did not believe what I believe. So, so for example, like, a, this is just part fact. This for part, do you know who this person is? This is the president of Indonesia. So <laughs> I said like, well, this president is very keen about digital transformation. And I said like, on my birthday, like just before midnight, like half, half an hour before midnight, I want to meet this person. Well, this person is too far away. And I answered like, out of the town, and I knew this person is coming. And it's like, a, I had suddenly, he just came like probably 500 meters from where I like live. And it's like, a, well, I was, uh, had an opportunity. I believe what I believe. And then I said to him, he congratulated me for my birthday, and I talked with him about this one and passed my unicorn. And uh, well, you probably think, well, this is all your fairy tale that you are talking about. No, this is not. 
so what happened is like after Denmark, like uh, I went around the world and then I'm trying to tell people what service design is, like how it can impact. Like this is some of the company that I have worked with in the most service design. So if you know, like uh, in this, uh, in Indonesia right now, if you've been to Indonesia, you experience that there is a boom of people like uh, they are so excited about technology. If you came to Indonesia three to three or four years ago, maybe people do not have a mobile phone. But now you can just go Gojek, grab, you know that? And then buy food, get masters from there. So everything has changed. But what happens like uh, people don't really like uh, change the way they develop stuff. This is too long. They just do the normal waterfall stuff, and then which is sometimes like that is no longer uh, relevant anymore. And they believe in the quantitative data and doesn't believe in the qualitative data. Which sometimes like a, you, yes, you got like a 50% of the people happy about this, but why? They did not ask five whys. They did not ask like a, why people believe, why people like this product. And that's what happened is like that there are so many products that fail, but it's probably the feeling is not so much because a lot of companies, they got a lot of funding and there's like a fail one, I still have 10. So that is the mentality. So I'm as a Google Certified Design Spray Master. Like a, I, I use this one as one of the working framework, but I don't say this is working for everything. So I'm working with a lot of uh, uh, clients on this one. And then, um, yeah, like a JackNap is like a, a suggesting a lot of stuff for us as well. And, um, but when it comes to Indonesia, like does this sunscreen really work? This is a big question. Because if you uh, learn about Hostet, like uh, how people, uh, like the cultural differences, and how people react, how people talk to each other, that is something very, very interesting and deep. And when I die, when I try to do design sprint, I always aware of what is this cultural differences and I see how we can make the best of it. So because people in Indonesia, for example, they are so shy, they are so respectful to their us, um, you know, like the boss, they would not say anything about if there is something wrong. So something you miss this transparent communication, which is very different from what we are here used to have in, in Australia. But it's like a design screen and other methods that we use is like a helping to democratize the opportunity and I help people to negotiate in a way that people don't feel, oh, you are talking back to me. And then also like uh, when we do design sprint, for example, this is the first opportunity for people from a different uh, perspective. They come with all the data that they have in their hands and then starting to argue, starting to see, okay, what is wrong from here? Open-minded. We teach people how to be open-minded, which is not easy. I mean like a, uh, here, we live with open-mindedness. I learned from different countries. I learned in, in Europe. I learned in US. And it's so easy. I say like, well, I don't really like what you're doing. But I did that. Like, I made a lot of mistakes when I do that. And then people, oh, who are you? How old are you? You are a woman. You are, oh, you're not supposed to say that. That's really something quite interesting. Like, uh, to be uh, someone like uh, in the field of technology, and then uh, you are female, and you are, yeah, there's a lot of uh, issue.
And like we got all set of tools, but we need a framework. And then it is important to have a framework that you customize to the needs of where you are doing your work, what you are doing uh, in, um, in like a serving the, uh, you know, like a, your, your users. So the first one, like a, we need to work in a way that it is integrated. We do not need, we are not supposed to silo what we are doing, or you are just doing the interface, you are just doing the surface, you are just doing this one. We work together, and we may have to make sure that happens in our workplace. The second thing that is very quick that I would like to share is like, a, we do a lot of a government project where we actually involve with so many stakeholders. And the things that what the government wants is to embrace these people, like making these people life better. So for example, this one, like how they can help like to build knowledge for these people to, you know, like um, to, to grow better and then like a, um, making a better, a better crops for uh, each, each year. So uh, learning from what we have learned again uh, with the uh, framework from uh, theory from Hofstede, we try to learn like uh, why people do not communicate, like uh, why do not they uh, uh, talk uh, openly, why they believe in someone. So it's like a power distance, collectivism versus individualism. So people would not, will not be, uh, what is it, like a brave enough to say, yes, let's do something different. Let's make this app. So that's why if you just come with your app coming to Indonesia, it's like a, I would guarantee it's not going to be successful. You need to have the, you need to have a power of collectivism. People believe in you. People agree in you, and then the power of word of mouth. So we do a lot of uh, negotiation. We do a lot of uh, lobbying the government, the people, and then trying to really understand, like, a lesson out every idea that they have. One thing that is quite interesting, like when we do user research, you know, uh, you see like from all these photos, something quite uh, significant here. Do you see that? What is so significant from all these photos? The base? No, not just the base. Everyone sitting down, that's right, yes. These people, like uh, when we do the service design with these people, they are, uh, most of them, they are like a low socioeconomic, they are not, like a, they don't really have like a, you know, like a belief that they can be stuff. So what we are doing is like, a, we're trying to sit down and then we're trying to listen to them. When we do that, that's where the magic happens. That's when they say, oh, no, don't do that. No, it's okay, we want to learn from you. What do you, what do you think? Like a, inside the people, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm here as an expert and I want to teach you what you want to know. That is like a, one of the power of like a, you uh, diminishing the power distance, like a, making people like a, to be more open and transparent to you. So this is some of the things that we do. There's a transparent communication. Last one, like in service design, we do a lot in the marginalized community. So before we make every plan that we do, like a, we really need to be more careful in what we are doing. And we really need to know what, why they're doing what they are doing. We have to do free research on that one. And that's like a, what we find, it is interesting, is the participatory design activity. 
We help them to be part of the design activities. And uh, yeah, so this is all the things that uh, we have done with all this marginalized community for the service design in Indonesia, as well as uh, uh, around the world. Uh, and mostly in the Southeast Asia country at the moment, the, uh, the focus. And I'm happy to discuss more about this. If you are interested, how you do it in other countries, and it's like a, there are other different uh, case studies. But thank you very much for your time.